friends, welcome to the Link Fitness Show. I'm your host, Marissa Deshong, aka Link, and I'm here to motivate and educate on all things fitness, nutrition, and mindset to help you create an energized and healthy lifestyle. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Link Fitness Show. I am so freaking happy that you're here. Okay, and we are in our final episode of the macro mini series that's been going on for the past five episodes now. All right, all right. So if you haven't already, please make sure that you go back and listen to the other episodes within this mini series. And, you know, obviously of the podcast as a whole, but definitely in this freaking mini series because I gave so much information in this mini series, so many, uh, just fun stuff, right? We talked science, we talked tips, we talked all the tricks and the good and the bad and all the fun stuff about macronutrients, okay? So if you haven't already listened, we go over each macronutrient individually, so carbs, fat, and protein. We talk today about the do's and don'ts, so some tips and tricks basically to keep you moving forward um, and really just why it's beneficial to track them, okay? So Again, if you haven't already, please make sure you go back and listen to those episodes because they are very helpful, very informative, and I'm not going to lie, I'm very proud of those podcast episodes because I dished out the freaking goods, okay? This is like some high-level freaking podcast coaching, okay? Because a lot of this information... I take really deep with my one-on-one clients and we really dive into our nutrition. So even my one-on-one clients listening to this can absolutely benefit from this mini series because it's always nice to have that refresher. It's always nice to be like, Ooh, right. I need to be doing that. I need to be incorporating this. Um, so anywho, if you haven't already, make sure that you rate and review the podcast. It would mean the absolute world to me. So seriously, Please, 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 if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Um, I'll love you forever. All right? I'll love you forever. So let's just dive right on in to the do's and the don'ts. We're going to start out with the do's. There are so many freaking do's, but but don't let that overwhelm you, okay? Because they kind of just roll right together. And I've been tracking macros for quite some time now, and over time, it obviously gets easier and easier and easier. And as you adjust to it, it's little tweaks and changes and adjustments that really make that much of a difference. So if you could, the list is 16 things on on the do's, okay? So 16 things that you can pull from. If you start with one thing at a time and build and build and build, you're going to be cruising right along. Like pretty much the first four, you can start all at once because they're little things that you can incorporate to take you that much further. All right. So number one, do use a macro tracking app. This sounds like a no brainer. I get it, but there is a big difference between saying like, Oh, I have a goal to hit 120 grams of protein today. So I can just have three meals with 40 grams of protein and then I'll hit my goal easy. Well, yes, that, that may sound very easy, But if you get distracted, if something comes up, if you kind of don't really have food that you're planning to eat, you just say, oh, I want to hit 40 grams of protein. By the end of the day, your numbers are going to be freaking wonky. 
They are going to be so freaking wonky. Okay. And if you want to go old school and like write it down on a piece of paper, um, I, I I'm with you because I'm not bashing it because I am very old school too. I write a lot of things down pen and paper style, but it's time for an upgrade. Um, make your life a lot easier, save yourself a lot of time and just use the freaking macro tracking app. They have free ones. They have paid ones. Um, there are a number that I've tried. I continue honestly to try new ones all the time just to, just to see what else is out there. See if maybe someone took off an old one and kind of built and made it a little bit better. So some ones that I, um, have used is my fitness pal. No, I do not pay for my fitness pal. My macros plus is like, I think like $3 in the app store. Uh, but totally worth it. it. It's very user-friendly. You can customize it completely to your specific macros. Where in MyFitnessPal, you kind of have to go off percentages. And if you're not really sure what your percentages are, or if they don't fall in the 5% increment that MyFitnessPal gives, your numbers are going to be off. Um, I also use MyPlate. I really, really like MyPlate. Um, and then there's another one. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's Chronometer, Chronometer. Chronome, it's C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R. Um, it has a picture with a little apple with like an arrow in it or a dart. I can't really see what that is. But anywho, um, tons and tons of apps out there. There's other ones that I haven't even used yet. If you just go into the app store and type macros or macro tracking, you're going to get a number of different ones. Um, so I recommend downloading a couple free ones trying them out, seeing which ones that you like, because we all have our individual preferences. So that's personally what I like to do is go through. And even then, like I have times where if my motivation starts to get a little wonky or I'm not planning as well, I'll switch apps because just a different kind of visual behind the macro tracking platform gives me that little like kick in the ass that I needed of like, okay, make sure you log that. Make sure you log that. Make sure you log that. Um, weird, maybe that's fine, but it works for me. So, so I recommend trying that out, but definitely whatever you do use a macro tracking app, please, 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 please do that. Moving on to number two, make sure that you're weighing and measuring your food. Okay. So if you're just eyeballing it, this is okay. This is my beef with this recommendation. So a lot of places say that, well, just use your hand size, right? Use your hand. The palm is X amount right? And, and your whole hand is X amount and your fist is X amount, like whatever it is. I don't understand that for a number of reasons. So if my fist is, we'll say four ounces of chicken, right? If I have a piece of chicken that's the size of my fist, it's about four ounces. Okay. That's great. Well, I have huge hands. So what happens when my client who is five foot one and 120 pounds has hands half the size of mine. So is hers four ounces or is mine four ounces? How, how does that differ? Because it shouldn't differ. Your, your ounces shouldn't change based off of the size of my hand versus her hand. Four ounces is four ounces. You know what I mean? So um, I recommend being as accurate as possible with your measurements. If you have to eyeball things, yes, eyeball them. There is plenty of times where I eyeball things because I just didn't like have a second to do it. Or sometimes my husband, if I'm super busy, he's like super sweet and he'll make me a plate. Well, he doesn't measure out my food for me and do all of that stuff. And I wouldn't ask him to, but then I kind of have to just look at the plate and be like, yeah, that looks about cup. Yeah, that looks about that. You know what I mean? But as you get more comfortable tracking and knowing 
how much half a cup of rice is or four ounces of chicken, you can easily look at that and say, yeah, that's about four ounces. And yeah, that's about a cup of rice or whatever it is. But especially in the beginning, I highly recommend you weigh out as much as your food as possible. There are so many freaking easy ways to do this. So I definitely want to create some form of video on this because it's just too hard to explain via a podcast. Um, But if you have questions on measuring your food out, please let me know because it's not as easy or intimidating or overwhelming as some people really make it out to be. I find it very, very easy. And no, it does not take a long time. You literally press a couple buttons, jot it down, and move forward. Um, Kind of a bonus tip with this one would be if you um, don't want to log everything right then and there, what you could do is just kind of have a a post-it note or a note section in your phone and just jot down like, okay, chicken, three ounces, rice, one cup, vegetables, half a cup, you know, whatever it is. And just jot that down on the sticky note and then go back in later and enter that into your macro tracking app. Again, doesn't have to be absolutely perfectly spot on, 100% accurate every single day. You're going to have days where they're not as accurate and that is fine. So here's kind of like, this is leading me into a bonus tip. So a bonus tip to the bonus tip. Wow. Here we freaking go. I'm bringing the goods today. Um, Anyway, it doesn't have to be entirely perfect. So if you're planning on stepping on stage to compete in a competition, or if you're like a high performance athlete and you need to have your numbers dead on to maximize your performance, then yes, you're going to want to be 100% accurate as often as you possibly can. But if you're just looking to live a healthier lifestyle and achieve your fitness goals and just look and feel your absolute best, you don't need to be perfect every single day. Okay? You don't. You just freaking don't. I personally give myself more grace on the weekends because that's my time with Drew. I want to be flexible. I want to, if we want to go out to eat one night, I want to be able to enjoy those things without overwhelming myself of the numbers, you know? So make sure that you are weighing and measuring your food, but you're also giving yourself grace to not be an absolute perfectionist 24 seven. It's okay if you don't hit your number exactly And if you have someone in your life that's telling you otherwise, we need to have a chat. Okay? We need to have a chat. Anyway, moving on to the next one. I don't even want to call this number three anymore because I feel like I'm on tip number five at this point. But read the labels on the food that you're already eating. I'm going to say that again. Read the labels on the food that you're already eating. What are those macros like? What do they look like? Okay. So if you have not started tracking your macros whatsoever or paying attention to your caloric intake, what I want you to do before you even start is take like a week or even a few days and just kind of go around your kitchen and your pantry and look through the nutrition labels. How many food items in your house are high carb? You know, and and high carb is going to be different for everybody, so I would honestly just look at it and say like is it above 20% of the daily value? Um, if it's above 20% of the daily value, you could probably consider that a high um, in whatever that na- macronutrient is. But definitely take a look at the foods that are already in your house. You don't have to go out and buy all of these, quote, macro-friendly swaps or any, like, you don't have to clean out your entire fridge and pantry and replace it with all, quote, macro-friendly things. You can still eat whatever you want, 
okay? But read the labels of the foods that you already have and it'll help you become more well aware of, oh, okay, this has that much, right? Like if I were to look at my freezer right now, I'm gonna say there's chicken, there's turkey, there's ground beef. So if I were to pull out the ground, pe- ground beef and the chicken, I'm gonna say, okay, they both have a good amount of protein. Yeah, they're both definitely higher in protein. Chicken, on the other hand, is very low fat compared to ground beef, right? Ground beef has more of a fat content than chicken does, and they're both not carbs. So so you see that difference right there. And so by reading these labels, you become more aware of what's what's in the foods that you're already eating, and then you can make simple adjustments from there. A good example of this is looking at your yogurt, okay? So I personally buy non-fat yogurt. I personally do this because one, I like it better for whatever reason. And two, I would much rather use my fat intake in something else. I feel like I am wasting my fat on yogurt when I don't really care for it. Like I would much rather just have non-fat Greek yogurt and save that fat content for something else like peanut butter or meat or I don't even know, almonds, anything like that. Um, I can swap that fat for, you know? So look at the foods that you already have, compare the labels and kind of go on from there. Next do is to plan ahead. Okay. Plan ahead. Because if you are the type of person kind of just going day to day with your macros or even your calories for that matter, if you're not planning ahead, you're going to make your life a hell of a lot harder. Okay, because if you don't plan, at the very least, plan your meals. If you don't want to plan your snacks and you kind of just want your snacks to be your free item, your flexible item, then by all means do that. That's on average how I track my macros. For the most part, I I kind of just plan my meals and then base my snacks off of the meals, you know. So I know, for example, one of my staples, don't laugh at me, I'm kind of a child, but I love fruit snacks. I absolutely love fruit snacks. Scooby snacks are the best snacks, okay? It's between Scooby snacks and, um, shoot, what, oh, Sunkist. Sunkist, Scooby snacks, and the uh, Mott's assorted fruit snacks. They're the best. Best three right there, okay? And most of them have anywhere from like 16 to 19 grams of carbs, but nothing else. So I know that's my, I, by reading all of my labels, I know that that's my high carb snack, right? And it has no other ones or no other macros to it, right? So I can plan to have that. And I know that I can adjust the rest of my other snacks around that, or I can hold off on that and have a high protein snack, you know, but plan ahead with your meals. The night before you literally takes two minutes, lay in bed, throw in two eggs, two slices of turkey bacon, and 100 grams of fruit, whatever fruit is in your house, right? Then go into your lunch and say, okay, tomorrow for lunch, I'm going to have a sandwich. I'm going to enter in all the ingredients for my sandwich. I'm also going to have a bag of Quest protein chips. Boom, log that in. Then go to your dinner and say, okay, I think I'm going to have chicken breast and vegetables and couscous. Great, log that in. And then from there, you can add snacks if you want or you can be flexible with them. And then say you go through your entire day and you plan to have three ounces of chicken and you end up having four ounces of chicken. Okay, so then that one snack that you were saving for later, maybe you don't need because you hit your macros at this point and you're probably full. 
Okay. But if you plan ahead while still remaining somewhat flexible, you'll be a lot more successful than if you're kind of just winging it day by day. Whew, I need a drink. Spent so many information and facts and good stuff. Okay. Moving on. Have some staples. I highly recommend having a list of staples that are always on your grocery list. Always. These are things that you keep in your house at all times. Off the top of my head, I can name quite a few. In our house, we always have chicken. We always have ground beef. We always have turkey. 90% of the time, we have ham steaks because I freaking love ham steaks. We always have rice or couscous or something along those lines, quinoa, any of that stuff. We always have my fruit snacks. <laughs> we always have pickles, right? There are so many things just off the top of my head that I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. We always have milk in the house. I love me some fair life. So we always have fair life. Drew is a psycho when it comes to drinking milk. So he buys a gallon literally every three days. So we always have that in the house. Um, cases of water, you know, the normal stuff, but there are staples in order to be successful with tracking macros. Next, prioritize whole nutrient-dense foods. Okay, I'm going to try not to make this a three-hour spurt, so I'm just going to run through this quickly, but macros, when they first became really, really popular, it really became popular with if it fits your macros, so I-I-F-Y-M, if it fits your macros. Basically, what that says or what that kind of rule of thumb is, is that you can eat literally whatever the hell you want as long as it fits in your macros. And while, yes, that is the beauty of tracking macros, it can be very difficult and also very unhealthy. Okay. So you want to look at your overall. So if I have 2000 calories and my macronutrients are split up amongst that to whatever they are, I can eat eggs for breakfast with turkey bacon and that whole thing that I said earlier. And then I can have salmon for lunch and I can have chicken for dinner and I can have, yeah, 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 all this in between. Or for the same amount of calories, I can have a soda, two slices of pizza and some wings for dinner. I don't know about you, but I'd definitely much rather have the whole nutrient dense foods because they're going to keep me fuller longer. They're not processed, not as processed as the other stuff. And I'm just going to feel better, right? So always, always, always prioritize whole nutrient-dense foods. So with this being said, I'm not saying that you should avoid pizza, wings, soda. It's all about creating that healthy balance and, and enjoying all things in moderation. So um, what this could look like, you know, would be maybe your breakfast. And then with your lunch, you have a diet soda. Um, you have, I don't know, pizza. And a salad with some chicken in it, you know, so you're still getting a protein source, you get all that stuff. Then you move on to your dinner and then you have whatever. So you can still have all of that. You can still enjoy all of it in moderation, but it's more so about making it all fit in a way that makes your body feel really, really good. The best piece of advice I can give you when it comes to eating healthier, eating more nutrient dense foods is asking yourself, how am I going to feel after I eat this food? Is this food going to make me feel heavy and bloated and just blah? Or is this food going to be a great energy source? Is it going to make me feel really good? Is my body going to thrive after I eat this? Then I'm going to go for that food. 
you know? So always, always, always prioritize whole nutrient-dense foods. Next, get creative, okay? Get creative. While, yes, you want to have your staples, but we can also get wrapped up in our staples because we know they work, right? Like, I know chicken works for me, so I eat a lot of freaking chicken. But there are so many different ways that you can make your chicken different, you know? You can have different seasonings on your chicken. You can mix it with different things, whatever you want to do, but get creative with the foods that you're already eating, but then also be willing to try new things, right? I love seafood, but I don't eat a lot of it, honestly, because I get sick of it very easily. So right now I have shrimp in the freezer. We had shrimp last week, probably not going to have it this week, but I might have it next week, you know, but I'm going to get creative with how I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to eat shrimp the same way every single time. Okay. Get creative. Next, Pay attention to your food without obsessing over the numbers. If you go over one day, it is okay. It is okay. My birthday is March 7th, and my husband's grandmother baked me a cake for my birthday, and this cake is so freaking delicious. Well, I can tell you what, I am not going to stress myself out of making those numbers perfect or avoiding the cake whatsoever I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to move on. And I'm going to track it to the best of my ability. You know, I'm going to plan for that higher fat content and higher carb content, but I'm not going to completely limit limit myself. You know what I mean? So pay attention to the foods that you're eating. You obviously, again, want to eat the whole nutrient-dense foods whenever possible, but still allow yourself to enjoy all things in moderation and don't beat yourself up over it. Don't stress the numbers, you know. You can always make everything happen. And if you find that you're stressing the numbers, please reach out to me. Okay. So that leads me right into my next one. Check in with yourself and or a coach. You do not want to be on the same macros forever. Okay. Now, if you're in a maintenance phase, that is much different. But if you're in a caloric deficit trying to lose weight, or if you're in a caloric surplus trying to build mass, you do not want to be on those same macros long, long term. Okay. I'm not saying change your macros every single week, but I would say about every three weeks, really check in and do a deep dive analyze of like, how am I feeling? All that, right? My clients and I use a portal where each day they go in and they log their macronutrients for the day, their fiber intake, their water, their steps, their sleep, everything. We track all of their biofeedback. Um, So with that, check in with yourself. How are you feeling overall? Do you feel like you're super bloated? Do you feel like you're hungry? Do you feel like you're super full all of the time? How is your body responding to the macronutrient split that you're on? Then from there, make adjustments as needed. But the biggest thing is to monitor your biofeedback and check in with yourself and or a coach. Okay? Always check in with somebody. Next, have foods that are high in one particular macronutrient and lower in others. So when you need to kind of top off your macros, but you're super close to your other ones, you can fulfill all of your targets without blowing the other ones out of the water. You know what I mean? So for example, like almonds are higher in fat, but they're lower in carbs and protein. So if I need to kind of bump my fat up, but I'm pretty much at my carb and protein goal for the day, almonds are going to be a great option for me. Where if I'm low on protein, but I'm also really close to my fats and carbs, I'm going to go for egg whites because they're higher in protein and lower in fats and carbs. See what I mean? So um, another example would be the fruit snacks that I said earlier. They're the ones that I have now are about 19 grams of carbs. So 
if I am low on carbs, but I've hit my protein and my fat for the day, those would be a great option for me because I can get those quick 19 grams of carbs, cap my macros for the night and be good to go. Okay. Next plan for your guilty pleasure. I want, if you're writing this down, if you're taking notes on this, I want you to bold, underline, highlight the shit out of this one. Okay. Plan for your guilty pleasures. Because when you restrict, you're putting yourself in like that deprivation mode. Like you're desperate for that, that guilty pleasure, whatever it is. Right. So I always laugh and say, I'm a cookie monster. So what I do is I literally prep my cookies. I make sure that those cookies are going to fit in my macros. There is nothing wrong with doing this. This is where that beautiful side of if it fits your macros comes in of, okay, let me plan for this while still prioritizing whole nutrient-dense foods. See what I'm getting at here? So I'm not going to completely rewrite my entire day to make sure that those Oreos fit, but I am going to add in those Oreos and I'm going to put in like three or four. If I maybe have to take one away, then I can do that. But they're still there. They're still being accounted for. And I recommend doing this on a daily. So if you find yourself of like a hardcore snacker or you always like find yourself going after this bag of chips, whatever it is, prep them, prep them, prep them. Okay. Plan to eat those every single day and then you won't have to worry about it. Okay. Next, I want you to take your overall macros. So your total macronutrient split. And I want you to take each individual macro and I want you to divide it out throughout the course of your day. Okay. So if you have, I don't know, easy math, a hundred, like I said earlier, 120 grams of protein, right? So now if you know, okay, I'm going to eat three meals and I don't know, a snack or two. So you're going to divvy that up so that there's an even number across your meals, preferably, but doesn't have to be. But making sure that the bulk of your protein is coming from your meals as a whole. And then you're also getting a couple grams from your snacks as well. So you obviously don't have to eat like high protein snacks and, and protein shakes on the daily if you're getting enough through your meals throughout the day. But definitely, 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 whatever you do, divide your macros over the course of the day. So at the end of the day, you're not like, well, shit, I got to eat about eight grams of chicken to, or eight grams, eight ounces of chicken tonight to make sure I get my, my macros right. No, you don't want to put yourself through that. It's going to be miserable. So divide them up throughout the day. Next, if you meal prep, I recommend using a piece of tape and just jotting down the macros on that piece of tape and just sticking it to the lid. That way, whenever you go in, you can kind of pull from that. Another tip with this is if you want, you can do like one container has four ounces of chicken and half a cup of rice, and the other one has three ounces of chicken and a cup of rice. You know, that way you have a higher protein and a higher carb source. So depending on what your needs are that day, you can kind of go in and pick whichever one would be the better fit for you. But I do recommend whatever you do, if you do them all the same or you don't, have a piece of tape, write things out. I've done this with post-it notes and just kind of stuck it right to the container. And then I just stack the containers up in the fridge. It's super easy, super convenient. And that way I have more flexibility and it's not necessarily pre-logged, but it is pre-planned. Next, we have a few more do's. Um, the next do is to double check nutrition labels and what's being scanned into the MyFit or whatever macro tracking app that you're using. So a lot of them offer a barcode scanner. So you can just scan the barcode of the food that you're eating and it'll pretty much pop up with your uh, macronutrients. 
but sometimes they're not entirely accurate. So for example, before I got on this podcast, I was eating some yogurt and my yogurt showed that it was 20 grams of carbs for three quarters of a cup. All right. That's on the nutrition label itself. But when I logged it, I scanned it into the app. It showed it was more. It showed that it was like 25 grams of carbs. So in order to get the number that I wanted, I had to alter it to be more accurate. Okay. So I went back in and I was like, okay, let me change this. Let me change that. And then that's when I got my number to the accurate spot. Okay. So always, always, always double check the nutrition label versus what the the app is showing. Sometimes it can change. Next, measure in grams versus measuring spoons. So this is the perfect one to lead me into the don'ts. So do measure in grams. Don't use measuring spoons. Okay. Because when you're using measuring spoons, you're going to be rounded, whatever it is. It could be different than if you were to just straight up measure it in grams or ounces or whatever it is. So if you were to take a tablespoon, right, and you pull out your peanut butter and you scoop out a thing of peanut butter and you're like, well, this is a tablespoon. While, yes, you're using a tablespoon to measure it, it's flowing over the top. It's so much freaking peanut butter. It's more like two tablespoons, but you're tracking it as one. That's when your numbers are going to be really freaking off. Okay, you always want to measure it in grams or ounces whenever possible. I honestly don't use measuring spoons like at all. I always use the scale, whether it be in grams, fluid ounces, milliliters. Like I use all of the the different measurements on the scale, but I do that instead of using the measuring spoons. So now let's dive more into the macro tracking don'ts. All right, so the next macro tracking don't is drinking your calories, okay? Avoid drinking your calories. You're probably wasting a lot of carbs and or fat by consuming lots of high-calorie beverages, okay? I highly recommend focusing more on your water intake Yes, you can add different things, add lemon, add drink mix, like Bucked Up has a really good drink mix, Um, but add different things to your water, but try and stick to primarily water. Yes, you can have different sodas and juices, all that stuff as well, but make sure that it fits. Your drinks do count towards your macros, okay? Don't forget that. Next, please, for the love of God, whatever you do, Please don't get your macros from MyFitnessPal or really any macro tracking app for that matter. Please, please, please do not get your macros from MyFitnessPal especially. MyFitnessPal has everybody on the stereotypical like 1,200 calorie diet where you're starving and you're miserable and it leads to a freaking eating disorder. Please stop using MyFitnessPal macros please just stop. You need more than what they're telling you. Your macro tracker or MyFitnessPal, whatever macro tracking app that you're using has no idea what your previous history of eating looks like. Okay. This leads me right into my next one. Please do not follow a macro calculator long-term. While sometimes these macro calculators are, I don't want to say better because none of them are really that great, but maybe a little bit more specific than my fitness pal or some other macro trackers 
but um, most of them follow pretty much the same calculation. Okay. Um, and again, they have no fucking clue what you're eating now. So if you're consistently eating around 2000 calories now, and you want to lose a little bit of weight, hire a coach. Okay. Go into a caloric deficit. So if you're consistently eating around 2000, eat 1900, you'll see some results straight up. But like, if you're going to hop on my fitness pal and be like, oh, let me punch in my information. It's going to spit out the macros for me. Yippee. No. You plug your information to a macro calculator. No. The amount of people that have reached out to me and been like, yeah, I tried this macro calculator because I was really interested in learning more about macros. And it told me I should be eating like 30 grams of fat a day. How does one do that? You don't because that's fucking dangerous. Okay. Please hire a professional when it comes to your health and nutrition, even if it's solely for a macro calculation and that's that. And you're not doing long-term coaching with them, whatever it is, but please hire a professional. Okay. And even then this professional better get some sort of information of what your previous diet history looks like. I have clients who have come to me and they're like, oh yeah, my friend's brother's friend is a nutrition coach or, or is a personal trainer or knows a lot about nutrition because they go to the gym a lot. Huh? Well, my friend's brother's friend said that I should be eating 1600 calories and this much protein and this little fat and this amount of carbs, yada, yada. Okay. Well, um, did your, your friend's 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 friend of a friend ask what your previous diet history was like? Did they ask what your goals are more than weight loss? Did they ask if you have any like short-term versus long-term goals? Like what is the time frame in which you want to do this? Do you have any history of medical issues or eating disorders or anything along that line? Do they know about you more than just your height, your weight, your age, and your activity level? If the answer is no, you need to go to someone who is willing to take the time to hear you out, learn more about you, and then provide you with nutritional information. If you can DM someone on Instagram and be like, hey, what's a good split for my macros? What's a good starting point? And they just throw these random numbers out at you, block them. Please, for the love of God, just block them because it's not going to be a good number. They need to know you if they're going to give you any sort of nutritional advice. Okay, please. I'm really, (laughs) it's really upsetting when people come to me and they tell me about the previous coaches or experiences that they've had of how they were kind of just thrown random numbers. It can really damage your metabolism a lot. I spent years repairing mine because I followed the MyFitnessPal split for a really long time. So please hire a professional. Next, don't dive in head first. I know you're probably like, huh, wait, what? Don't dive in head first. Take it one goal at a time, okay? Don't try and be dead on accurate with your calories, carbs, fat, and protein all on the first day. Take a week to adjust to that caloric intake. Then take another few days to adjust to your protein intake. Then take another few days to this isn't always, but probably 90% of the time, decrease your fat intake to make it towards your target. You know, give yourself about a month to adjust to the caloric range and figuring out what macro tracking is all about. 
okay? Because it can become very, very overwhelming if you kind of just dive headfirst. Take it one at a time. One at a time, all right? Take it very, very slow. Next, don't restrict yourself if you don't know the nutrition information for the food item. If you're out with friends at dinner, don't stress yourself out over trying to fit and track every little thing that comes into your mouth, okay? Instead, just enjoy the evening, okay? I have a rule with all of my clients. We do not track on holidays or any special events. So if you're attending your best friend's wedding, you better not be tracking that day, okay? I firmly believe that memories always come before macros. So I would much rather see you sitting at a dinner table with your friends, talking and laughing and enjoying the moment than having your head in your phone trying to log in all the food that you're eating. It's just not worth it, right? We're here to create a lifestyle change, not make you miserable for a few months and then move forward that way, okay? So develop these habits and the mindset that you can enjoy all things and just control it and be moderate about it. You don't have to, every time you go out, have an appetizer, a huge entree with big sides and um, a full dessert. You know, if you know, hey, I love the one dessert here, why don't you maybe skip the appetizer and go lighter on the sides? That way you can save all of that for the dessert and not feel like shit when you leave the restaurant. I will definitely do a whole uh, podcast on like tips for eating out when it comes to your macros. But just to kind of get you started, I recommend just enjoying the moment. Okay. Don't stress yourself out over it. Next, don't think that alcohol doesn't count. Alcohol has caloric content. So therefore it can be considered a macro, but it's technically not because it's not essential. Okay, so your body needs needs carbs, fat, and protein in order to function. Your body does not need alcohol to function. Okay, so that's why it's not technically considered a macronutrient, but it is the only other thing other than those three macronutrients that has caloric content to it. So we know by now that carbs have four calories per gram, protein has four calories per gram, and fat has nine calories per gram, right? So that's that makeup there. Well, alcohol also has caloric content. So don't think that you can have all of these drinks and say, oh, well, I'm having a, a vodka water and that means there's no calories to it. So I don't have to track it. No, you, alcohol, alcohol counts. Okay. So I recommend just counting it as a carb or a fat. Some people count it as both. If that's what fits your macros, then by all means go for it. But Typically, what I recommend is don't necessarily track every drink. Load up on water that day. Have a plan for how you're going to recover the next day. And again, enjoy the moment. Next, don't eliminate one whole macronutrient. Do not eliminate it. And yes, keto people, I am calling you out. Stop eliminating an entire macronutrient. If you're really low in one area, it can and more than likely will cause damage to your body. Okay? Don't do it. Don't eliminate carbs. Don't eliminate fat. Don't eliminate protein. And I know someone's probably sitting here thinking, oh, well, keto keto doesn't completely eliminate it. It just, it's low carb. You know what I'm getting at here. 
okay? You don't have to go low on anything. You can balance everything out. You can still enjoy all of the things, okay? Okay. So those are my do's and don'ts of macro tracking. At the end of the day, macros can be an amazing tool, amazing tool to help you reach your fitness goals. I personally love the accountability and the structure that they provide while still allowing me the the freedom and the flexibility to enjoy all the foods that I want, obviously all in moderation, you know? So if you have any questions on tracking macros or anything like that, please shoot me a message. I'd be more than happy to help, obviously within my means, because we know I'm not going to provide nutritional coaching when I don't even know your background. Um, And if you do need help with your nutrition or just overall fitness journey, please click the application link down below in the show notes and we can chat and see if my one-on-one coaching program is the perfect fit for you. All right. I hope you love this mini series. I hope it was informative. I hope you feel confident AF as you start your macro tracking journey or as you kind of progress through the one that you've already started. I am so excited for you. I hope you crush all of your goals and I will catch you in the next episode.